0: Hello everyone, this is the Geek Therapy Podcast. My name is Josue Cardona. With me today is Patrick O'Connor. Patrick is a psychologist I first heard about back in December when I was looking for articles to post on Geek Therapy. And the title said, Psychologist Uses Superhero Comics to Treat Patients. And I got really excited about it. I reached out to him. And if you read the article, I mean, he doesn't just use superhero comics with his patients. He went beyond that, and he went ahead and created a database, a wiki online for therapists to use, so you could go ahead and look up different themes, different superheroes, and then use them in therapy. So, welcome, Patrick. Uh, tell us a little bit about Comicspedia.
1: Sure. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Um, I uh, Comicspedia first kind of popped in my head as I was... Um, Living in and working in and around the Chicago area, I was working with kids in foster care, and I was thinking of what are some creative ways that I could help them keep stay engaged in therapy. I was thinking about you know what are some different games we can play, um, things that we can interact with, uh, you know, together on. Um, I was doing some research on video games at the time, and and while I think that there's some promising research on um, the positive attributes of playing video games. In that setting, I had a little difficulty kind of thinking of how to integrate that and how to bring video games in. Uh, But then I was thinking about the situation that these kids are in, being in foster care, that their parents, for one reason or another, can no longer care for them. Uh, Maybe it's temporary, maybe it's a permanent situation. And I thought, you know, when it comes to Batman and Robin, that's their situation where, uh, you know, Batman's, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents were killed and Dick Grayson's parents were killed. And um, in the end, Dick Grayson ended up being a ward of Bruce Wayne and so he was you know Bruce Wayne was his foster father and I thought you know that's kind of an interesting dyad right there I wonder if there are any stories that are out there about Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne that my kids could relate to um maybe I could bring some comics in and we could read them together and have a little fun and, and kind of talk about some um common issues that, that both would share and that was just kind of that's how it kind of got started was was right
0: then and there. Did you find any? Because there's sixty years worth of uh, Batman and Robin comics.
1: Sure, and actually when I went um, I went to Graham Crackers and Napervelds, their flagship store where they have the uh, largest selection of back issues uh, they claim in the Midwest, and I don't doubt it. Um, they have just endless rows of long boxes of old comics that just go the entire length of the store. Um, I'm showing a picture right now that that it's just it's about a hundred thousand back issues of comic books, and it's and I walk in there and I think like well I know these guys have a lot of comic books and that um, you know they, they got to be the experts they got to know what to talk about I'll ask them so you know hey guys uh, you know what are some Batman and Robin comic books that that show this kind of relationship and the the guy there kind of kind of laughed and he said well, good luck They're it's everywhere um, you're. Look through all the boxes, there's the Batman box, there's the Detective Comics box, there's the, the Batman Robin box, there's this and that. I mean, it's just, it, there were so many things, and, and he started recommending some stories, but I realized, like, this would be a huge undertaking. As you mentioned, it's, it's you know, um, Batman's been around for a very long time, and so there are, and, you know, just countless stories that, um, that really could be relevant to the kids I was working with. Um, So what ended up, what what started just as a question, ended up being um, a huge labor of love. I realized like this had to be something I had to dedicate a lot of time and effort into of combing through the issues and answering this question for myself.
0: Yeah, as someone who reads comics, I know that it's hard to keep track of them even if you own them. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been reading for a few years, not many years, but Mm -hmm. I have, um, you mentioned long boxes, short boxes. For Mm -hmm. those of you that don't know, that is a cardboard box where yeah, you file, essentially, comic books. And usually, if, if you love your comic books, they're also in a plastic bag with a piece of cardboard <laughs> inside so you keep right. them safe. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not only a matter of looking at them. You have to take them out, take them out of bag. So it's, it's complicated, and it is hard to keep track of them because on a comic book, you really only have a title and a picture. Right. So um, that's why it was so exciting that you actually went through mm-hmm. so many of them and um, you know, cataloged them in that way. So even someone like me that has comic books doesn't have to go through, you know, I mean, that that long box and, and or, or go to the store and just go through thousands of comic books. Now I know which issue to go to.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly the, the purpose I want Comic Media to serve, is that I was at a point where I had a question, and I saw a huge way to, to connect with, with kids in foster care. And the question, again, being, um, what comic book can I find that really highlights the dyad between uh, foster son Dick Grayson and foster father Bruce Wayne? Um I want that question answered, but I want it to be in a clear and easy to use kind of way. Like, what's the quickest route to find that answer? Uh, When I realized that nothing like that existed at the time, I just thought I'd start kind of keeping track of it myself. I would just start buying random comics and uh, summarizing them, tagging them with themes that I was kind of picking up on. And I kept it initially for myself and I thought, you know, there's got to be some other therapists out there. that have a similar kind of question and I would hate for them to go through this again, so I'll just put it on a website and, and just make it publicly available and, and, um, and over the years it's, I've gotten contacted from um, grad students, uh, current practicing psychologists and therapists, um, from teachers and administrators, people who want to use Comixpedia in, in a bunch of different ways. So it's really gotten um, uh, gotten a bit bigger than I initially thought of, you know, this is maybe something just for myself um ends up being something that seems to be to really be helping quite a few people. Yeah, you made a good point that um,
0: other therapists and other people do I mean superhero comics have been around for a long time. So it's understandable that other people have used them I've used them mm-hmm. but this makes it so much easier and it really allows other people who don't know anything about comic books and haven't uh, dabbled into that can can really just talk about them. Especially you know when your kids and your clients are bringing that up.
1: Right. You know? it, no, yeah, totally. And on Comicspedia too, I, I, you know, over time this began again as, as like a cataloging of comic books. But um, once I made it publicly available, I thought this has to be something that's functional. Now it serves a different kind of purpose. This isn't something that that it's like it's my creation, and so therefore I know it. Like I know where to look, and I know what to look for, and I know how to use the the interface. Um, I wanted to. I I have to do things now for other people for people who don't know where to find comic books, or how much they cost, or um, maybe even how, how to navigate the website. I use TiddlyWiki, which is wonderful freeware and really easy to use. Um, so I really don't need any technological know-how to make this website. Uh, but I still put up an FAQ slash help section where I answer questions like, what is Comicspedia? I have a video tutorial on how to use the website. Um, I have uh, a question of how often we'll be updated. Um, what? Uh, where can I buy comic books? How much do they cost? Um, including online sellers, um, and then comic shop locator: how to find a store near you. Um, average cost, the range of costs. I mean everything. I try to make it as well-rounded of a of a resource as possible. And there's and even other things I haven't mentioned yet. That um, again, the comicspedia.net goes beyond just uh, the comic book database because I want people to, to be able to access the website. And bring comics into therapy without contacting me. But if you want to contact me, I love talking comics and psych, so they're they're always more than welcome to.
0: So how you do go. you go about using it? To yeah. say, I'm a therapist. Sure. Give me an example of how of
1: how I can use it. Sure. So when you op- when you open Comicspedia um, right away, um, I I have a brief description um, about myself and, and also about Comicspedia and what the uh, the different ways you can browse are. Um, I keep it limited to basically three simple ways. You can browse by main character, by themes, or by demographics. Essentially, what I ask when I meet new clients is, who's your favorite superhero? And um, tell me a bit about yourself and and what brings you in. And along those lines, I can kind of start to pull out some of these themes that come out in in the way they talk. Some of those themes might be being different, might be deception, like maybe they feel like they're deceived, that someone's lying to them or, or cheating on them. Um, that they, uh, they, they feel kind of some role confusion. Maybe they're um, an adolescent. that's a huge issue is uh, who am I and who am I going to be? And what am I doing to reach that who I want to be goal? Um, uh, maybe romance issues. Whatever themes start to come out in session, I I'm basically I make a bit uh, a note of it. And so from Comicspedia then, I can go to, uh, I can look at the th- look at the themes. I have 16 different themes. And click on any one of them. For example, maybe I click on collaborating with others, and then out comes a list of all the different comics that are tagged with collaborating with others. And thankfully, most comic books are titled by the superhero name, so I can look at Batman, Batman and Robin, um, Hawkman, Green Lantern, New X Men, um, and and plus others. It may be a little bit more difficult to to figure out who they're who they are, like Irredeemable. Um, is a fantastic comic book but um but you don't know necessarily who the main characters are by the title Um, but for through there you can start clicking on the different um, links to the summaries from there you get a summary that's roughly 300 words or less it shows you all of the tags on the side um, in addition to collaborating with others for example i clicked on batman issue 619 and i tagged it with being different collaborating with others deception difficult decisions and a few others this one's really a pretty big one um, and, uh, because that was part of the Hush series. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you can go by the themes themselves. You can go by the main character. If someone says, I really love Nightwing or I love, uh, the Punisher, you can click on those and see all of the different issues that come underneath the, the different characters. And lastly, demographics. If someone's like, I don't really know much about superheroes, um, you think maybe you want to pick somebody who, uh, aligns with their demographic background, um, based on, uh, race, sex, or age. I have those as well as kind of narrowing down of like, so here are some heroes that match that criteria. Here are some um, alien heroes even, some uh, uh, Caucasian heroes, some Native American heroes, uh, male, female, child um, heroes, young adult, adults and older adults and so on. So um, I've got a bunch of different ways that you can begin narrowing it down. When I use it, the most frequent way that I uh, navigate the site is I click on themes. Um, because again the titles of the comic books so often contain the names of the heroes, so it makes it really easy pick out the theme, pick out the hero, and you can hit the ground running.
0: So, okay, so it's easy to find them, and then what do you do once you find the comic books?
1: Well, when I when I have the comic, like in with Comicspedia, I own every comic book in the database, and so wherever I'm working I have the comics on storage um, near my office, and so uh, when I'm about to, when I'm preparing to use them in the session, I will I will decide which comic books we're going to address maybe that day or the next few days, or, you know, next few sessions, and I'll head to the filing cabinet, pull out the comics, and um, uh, and then hold on to them maybe in the office or, or just, you know, prepare to use them. Also, with the FAQ slash help section, uh, people can look for comics through online retailers. Um, every summary, I, in every comic book summary, I include the, the title, um, if it's a trade paperback, I'll put TPB, but I'll put the, the title, the year it was published, um, and and whatever else name that might be helpful. So for example, irredeemable, I put uh, for this issue, irredeemable number 19 November 2010. That's usually enough information that, that you can take that that bit of info, go to an online retailer or call up your local comic book store. say. I would like irredeemable number nineteen, published in November two thousand ten. That's all they need. They'll find it. They'll see if they have it. If they don't, they'll contact their partners and see if they can find, you know, pull the issue for you. And um, if they have it, you're, you're you know, you can get it same day. If they don't, then usually it doesn't take more than a few days or a week for comic book um, retailers, at least in my experience, um, to find to find a comic for you. You
0: can also buy them digitally. Oh, absolutely. A lot, a lot of comics yeah. are available You can just go to. The biggest one is comiXology.com. Mm-hmm. They're cheap. They're about $2 they yeah. buy them digitally, sometimes cheaper, sometimes they're on sale. And it's, that's instant access. You can absolutely. Right
1: there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't use uh, digital comics in, in my sessions, but um, only because I have access to them in print. You know, But uh, I would love to hear from, from others who, uh, who try using uh, digital comics in their sessions. I think it's absolutely a great way because then you, not only do you save space, but you can ultimately save a lot of money, too. Um, especially because like the back issues, um, you know, the rarer they are, the more expensive they're going to be. And I try to keep the cost down in that regard. I mean, after all, I'm buying all these issues. I don't want to spend 20 bucks for, you know, one old issue. Um, Off of eBay. Yeah, exactly. Right. Week, yeah. right, right. Right. Um, but when it comes to comiXology and, and uh, other digital comic suppliers, they'll have, you know, because that the, the paper edition is what costs them so much because it's so rare. But having a digital file that's that's you know a couple megabytes or whatever on a hard drive that's an endless supply of of that you know decades old comics so it might just be two bucks or something and, or maybe a dollar and, and that's great okay, so
0: comic books are really popular right now the Avengers just made a billion dollars um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man came out this summer Batman's coming out everybody knows who those characters are so it's not foreign to everyone really mm-hmm. but the actual comic books I don't know how many people actually go ahead and read comic books. So how, how does that work? Do people come to you because they, they know that you use comics in therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you bring it up? You know, what's that like?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I honestly don't get um, a whole lot of people coming in who are specifically asking, asking for comic book therapy or for, you know, to use the comics PDR approach. Um, in my office, it's decorated with tons of superhero art and figures, um, and so it's, it's really no surprise to people when they come in that that I like superheroes and that uh, and I love comic books and have comics on display. Um, so part of that is that it's it's it does make it a bit more accessible. Um, when someone comes into an office and already sees that kind of thing, they, they have some idea of, you know that that I like superheroes. So me asking about superheroes or talking about comic books, they they're you know clients must be thinking, hey, that's that's just what he's into and and cool. I got a Simpsons chess set. Um, you know I got a picture of me and my son that was drawn by um, uh, Roger Langridge. Um and so i've got I've got just tons and tons of stuff around here for for you know that's about me because I want to be comfortable where I work, but anyway, um, yeah, I, mean, I see Super Mario build the, the clock, there's action
0: figures, so someone who yeah. likes this stuff will immediately feel really comfortable I think yeah, you know? awesome
1: yeah. It, yeah, so I so kind of coming in with a different approach or like what I think is a pretty fun approach of comic books um isn't too surprising to people so. Uh, like I said, while people aren't coming and asking for it, when I bring it up, the response is, is largely like, "Okay, great, damn, sounds cool," and and you know we get to uh, to reading comics pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, I want to get to know somebody and, and have them feel comfortable in this in this room as um, you know as much as possible. At the same time, um, you know when when I first bring in comics, it doesn't seem to be much of a surprise to people, um, even if they've not heard of my approach before. Um, so the the response especially and i think the the popularity of superheroes nowadays certainly contributes to that um, as you mentioned that that superheroes are just all over the movie theaters now um new tv shows arrow is coming out this fall um you know so many uh, smallville just just wrapped up recently saturday morning cartoon yeah full
0: of superheroes yeah
1: absolutely um you know disney now has has a bunch of like avengers stuff so it's uh um yeah, it's it's everywhere, and I think it really helps make superheroes themselves much more accessible and and at the forefront of everyone's like um, collective unconscious of of what's um, what's popular, what's fun, what's cool, who are role models I can look up to, all of that stuff. Yeah.
0: So can you run through what it would be like to use it with someone?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in a session, then I'll I'll hand somebody a, a comic and. Uh, based on the superhero that they like, uh, which you know I've asked and they've told me, and um, also based on their background and what I gather to be kind of, what are some things they're struggling with, but also what are their strengths? What are some things that, that um, this person uh, you know really values and, and really gives them, them um, resources to, to draw from? And so I'll hand them the, the comic book based on, on what's going on, and while they read, I'm, I'm reading as well. And I've found uh, that reading a comic book in, in session uh, f- with a variety of different clients, a variety of different reading capabilities will generally take um, a- as quick as like 12 minutes, um, sometimes as long as 30, with the average being pretty close around to about 20 minutes or so. So you figure in a 45 to 50 minute session, um, you, know, you still have the majority of the session to talk about the comic, how it applies to them, how it implies to, to where they are in life right now, what they learned about it, what, how they can identify with the central characters, and where they think the story is gonna go, how they can affect the story. There are so many different ways you can ask questions about uh, their application of themselves into the comic book story and the characters. And on Comicspedia, for, every, for each of the 16 themes, I have three example questions. And earlier I mentioned collaborating with others. And so I can I can mention those, the example questions now. So for example, do you think character by name, so let's say Superman, would have been successful had he not had the help of another character, maybe Wonder Woman, why or why not? Um, so do you think Superman would be successful if he didn't have the help of Wonder Woman? When we're talking about collaborating with others, if this person maybe doesn't get along well with others, and that seems to be an issue like with a younger kid, um, maybe we'll read this comic book that has this issue of this theme of collaborating with others. And I'll ask them, so do you think Superman could have done this without Wonder Woman? Where in the story, maybe Wonder Woman, her her involvement was paramount to the success of the, success of the Justice League or to them as a duo. Um, where it spells it out pretty literally and pretty specifically that this is very important. I'll ask the kids, so like, well, what do you think would happen if Wonder Woman wasn't there? That gives us a chance to talk about how we can collaborate with others, the importance of working with other people uh, without specifically addressing their concern yet. Because to a lot of people, especially young people, they feel kind of uneasy, like, especially like around the adolescent age, they feel a bit uneasy of like, I'm going to come in and talk to the stranger all about myself and, and then what, you know? Um, so, hey, let's talk about Superman and Batman. Let's talk about uh, Spider-Man and, and Nightcrawler and, and just let's talk, you know, about what they do. And all along the way, they kind of clue in of like, oh, I see what's going on, you know, and it makes it a little easier for them to say, yeah, I can, I can see, I guess there's this area that I do this when instead maybe I should be doing that. Or um, if, if, you know, if I was Superman, I probably would have approached it like this. Or maybe if Wonder Woman was in my life, she would have helped me with whatever. So it just gives us so much more to talk about that clients from their report in session feel a lot safer about. What I described is, is essentially what I call connecting with issues. Uh, the, the approach of, of using comic books in therapy, I have, I have four different ideas for therapy. Uh, the most common that I use and the one that is most dependent on the Comicspedia database is that, is connecting with issues. Finding issues specific to your situation that you can then learn from and, and kind of make therapeutic change um, with, with working with your, your therapist. Um, I also have changing a storyline together, so that gets into a bit more of like creative arts therapy style where narrative uh, therapy. Yeah, narrative therapy, where you're you're working on telling a story or changing the story of, let's let's make it so that this happens or that happens or what do we do if um, if this person leaves all of a sudden, um, and so you start talking about the the story itself. Um, the third is that you can create an entirely new superhero or supervillain set. So create your own Justice League, call it something else. Create your own Avengers and call it something else. And have have a bunch of heroes or maybe just one hero. Create some villains and a base and, and whatnot.
0: That's always so telling with clients when they Absolutely. start making their, their own superpowers and their villains and right.
1: all that. Yeah, yeah does the person gravitate towards making the villain? Does a person gravitate towards making the, the hero? What does that tell you about them um, and their background? For some people, it maybe doesn't mean a whole lot because they just think it's fun and, and goofy and silly, and for other people, or maybe it's because they, they don't have a lot of self-confidence, maybe they feel like they've always been on the end of, of negative talk of, you know, this is wrong with you, why don't you fix this, when are you going to get over this, um, and things like that. And lastly, then you can create a comic book. So you're essentially using, um, it, it's, it's a bit of a progressive order where you can begin connecting with issues, changing storylines, creating characters, and then it can all culminate into creating a, a comic book together or asking them to create a comic book at home. Using the heroes and the villains that they've created, and thinking about the stories that they've read in comic books, and using what they applied um, in therapy themselves. Now let's tell your life story, or let's tell a story using the characters that you created, and that can be really huge to watch that unfold. Especially if you get the time in session to talk about the creative process. I once had a client who said, um, you know, oh, I used, to, he was like seventeen, he was a gang member, and he said, I used to, um, you know, like draw heroes and draw, you know, characters with with a friend when I was younger and I said, "Well, let's just try that, try it out again. Let's bring it back." And so he starts creating these characters and and after reading comics, we were reading Irredeemable together, he realized that he could give the characters a lot more depth, which was which was like energizing for him of like, "Oh, now that I'm older, I can really do a lot with these characters and give them backgrounds and and character transformations, personalities." At the same time, he was kind of realizing how much of himself he was putting into the characters of, you know, well, this one, this one used to be the friend, but I guess he's not really that much of a friend anymore because he's making some bad decisions. He's he's involved in the game, but this guy wants to make a change, so he, he doesn't want to be part of the game, so how's he gonna, are they gonna, you know, work that out? Um, in the end, he, he this, this young man was using superheroes, comic books, um, the application of his life story to this creative endeavor, that resulted in his own exploration of who am I and where am I going, which again is a huge, huge issue for for teenagers um, from any background. Um, so in that way, we use the stepwise approach, uh, one through four of how do we do this so that we can enact change, and it was it was absolutely huge for him. He left the program that we were both involved with. Seeming as though he was energized to make change in his life, and that was that was all we could work, you know, all that we could hope for given the, the limitations of the program. It was a it was a residential treatment center for um, for kids involved in, in uh, gang activity. Seeing him in such high spirits as he was leaving, and, and working through the program and doing what he was supposed to and making progress more quickly, um, after getting involved with uh, you know with our time together. It was it was just so rewarding to see uh, what he was able to do with his life after that. Um, Talk about making comics. Yeah. Have you
0: ever had sure. any sort of group or camp or anything like that where you mm-hmm. um, where that's kind of the goal where you want um, kids or clients or anyone to to create comics?
1: Yeah, at Southeast Psych we made a uh, comic book camp for the summer. Uh, it ran just for three days and three hours each day, but it was it was geared for um, for teens and and. Um, and, and kids, like roughly uh, 10 to, to 14 years old, um, who were interested in, in making comic books, making superheroes, making anything they wanted. Um, really, we, we tried to make it as, as uh, open ended as possible. I understand not everyone likes superheroes and not everyone makes superhero comic books when they want to make comic books. Um, but we said, you know, have at it, you know, do whatever. But it was all within the framework of uh, social skills and developing insight, at least to the, to the best ability that a kid maybe in middle school can. But I mean, you're at, they're at that age where they're maturing and they're certainly going to start developing some level of insight. So we're really encouraging that through character exploration, character creation, creative activities, things like that. And I use some of the um, activities in Scott McCloud's book, Making Comics. Uh, which is a fantastic, wonderful book all about making comic books and and it is a comic book itself which is just brilliant. And uh, he has a bunch of practice activities in there, a bunch of games um, where he touches on um, how to work on making a storyline, how to refine um, character selection for a scene, um, all these different things and we we took them and made them um, a bit more accessible to kids of that age group. and we just had them essentially kind of playing drawing games all the time but it was all gravitating towards the the ultimate creation of of a series of comic strips that that were the were the beginning stages of a comic book um in in the limited amount of time as we had we were not we didn't set out a goal of saying let's make a 24-page you know comic book or whatever from beginning to end. It was more of let's get let's get things going and these kids can can take it home and just run with it and just keep going with it. Um, the kids really seem to love it. Um, they when we asked them uh, for you know what are some some feedback things that we can change about this going forward they all said uh, make it longer, um, make it uh, you know have more days longer days like we're sad that it's over we don't want it to stop I mean that was a consistent message across the board so the kids really really seem to love it as cool seeing them bring all their different creations together. So some of the activities that we had in our comic camp, um, uh, we again, we borrowed from Scott McCloud's Making Comics book, and uh, one of them was um, Perspectives, where on a six-panel sheet of paper, uh, each child would draw a simple standing figure in the first box. They would then have a friend decide what the character will do in panel two, and the, the first child would draw it themselves and notice what they have to change. Essentially, I'm going to draw a simple standing figure. Maybe Josue, you say, uh, let's have that figure um, find a penny. So, what do I have to do to the next panel to begin that process of finding a penny? How do I do? I just show them looking at it. Do I show them walking up to it? Do I show him being surprised? Do I need a lot of background stuff? Do I like what do I need to do with that? Um, and then. You would have, and then this way you'd have your own character, and I would say, uh, "I want your character to do this in the next panel," and then you would draw it. And this would um, offer not only an opportunity for us to practice communication skills, but also to kind of learn about perspectives, as the as the activity is titled, where I might say, "I want to see your person jumping," but what I picture in my mind of jumping may not be at all what you put down. Just by me saying that to you, there's going to be some translation of that of. I'm picturing a stick figure maybe like halfway up in the panel and he's got his arms up in the air, whereas maybe you've got him leaping in a more forward direction. He's leaning forward and is is like he's got hands behind him and, you know, like movement lines or something. And I just said draw draw him jumping. That's that's what you did, but that didn't match up to what's in my mind. And it's kind of like, Well, I wonder how other people could misunderstand me. When I feel like it makes sense, that's one thing, but when I but how do I make it so that other people make sense what I'm trying to say as well. Um, So just a simple drawing activity like that, we did that a few times, and and the kids really seem to love that, of how do you explain to someone else what you are envisioning? um, Huge for kids in middle school. Um, You know, it's also really
0: interesting because on real comic books, a lot of them have a writer and an artist. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a writer draws kind of a script and, and has the ideas of what they want, and then the artist goes and makes whatever they interpret that to be yeah. is actually what they put on the page. Right. And I've heard writers and artists talk about how, well, this is what I wrote, and this is what he decided to put down. And sometimes they, they change things a little, but they're still collaborating on this one story. So it can teach kids also, listen, how these books that you love, this is actually how they're really
1: made. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, even the pros, there, there's going to be this kind of, you know, that it didn't go in the direction I thought, or I loved the way it went instead. It's it's. You know there's going to be that miscommunication at the pro level people who've done it for decades and and are yeah absolutely the, the best in the field and experts in it but um and it's an analogy yeah. for anything really i mean any type right. of
0: work any type of job when you're in the future and you have to work with other people
1: yeah exactly and oh okay yeah one we call um comparing memories uh we would encourage the kids to draw a bicycle scissors and a playstation controller from memory and compare it with others. Uh, We'd ask, how do those drawings differ? Whose drawing do you like the most? And how might you change yours? Um, Another question we might ask is, what is something you felt was important to include in your drawing that you see as lacking in someone else's? Something as complicated as a bicycle. Some people might draw the seat. Some people might forget the seat. Some people might draw the gears and the chains. Some people might forget that as well. Some people might put spokes in the wheel or or not in others. Um, Make it big or small. I mean, there's, you know, is is something that we've all seen and we've all ridden a bicycle. We have a general idea of what it looks like and how it functions. When you get, you know, six or eight different people, each drawing a bicycle and comparing, you're going to have six or eight very different drawings. Um, so, kind of comparing, what's what's my thought of what a bicycle looks like and how does that compare to yours? It also starts to highlight the differences of how we think, um, and how we how we can communicate with one another. Um, so, again, that the comic book camp. We had for kids just to just to play around and, and to to have all these different drawing activities and open up conversations for us to have with one another using comic book foundations um, to 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 make it more approachable for for kids in middle school.
0: You obviously like comic books. I mean, yeah. and and you see value in them, which is which is really what we're talking about here. Other than just being a fan, mm-hmm. you see that you can use them for all of these different things. Yeah. So, what got you into comic books? What what was it about them that caught
1: your eye. Yeah, um, that's, that's a tough question because the, the short answer is, Comixpedia got me into comic books, <laughs> um, the the longer answer is that I I picked up my first ones for the database for Hawkman and Steel. I don't know why, but those were the first ones I, I just went to in the long boxes and and just started to pull out ones in, in issue, like um, sequential order and um, reading those and I thought it was interesting when I noticed that they were both heroes of um of like non white backgrounds, that they weren't just, you know, the Superman or Batman, that they weren't kind of at least the ones that you would see most frequently in uh movies, T V shows, things like that. And I thought, wow, these guys have really cool backgrounds, really cool stories, really cool different ways of, of uh of behaving at least of what I what I understood just from my own um uh, consumption of, of more like the, the visual media of TVs and movies um, but after that I, I picked up Irredeemable and when I read that book that was the, the moment that I realized that there was something to what I was doing that I was getting into is being able to see that the complexity that somebody could uh could create not only in script writing uh, for what Mark Wade did, but with Peter Krause's um, art style of showing this almost angelic superhero of the the brightest whites and the the shiniest smile and this you know the Plutonian was such a wonderful superhero and seeing all that brightness and and happy times in the past and the contrast of how. Um, it, it, all, it was like, it was so dark uh, when, when things were bad, when Plutonian what turned evil and turned into a supervillain.
0: For people who don't know about yeah. it, it Redeemable yeah. is a story about a Superman-like character mm-hmm. who essentially gets fed up and then turns into a bad guy.
1: Exactly, right, yeah. And and, just the, the complexities of it just blew me away, and I thought, this is this is like so many clients that I have. You know, I know it was the the question was initially Batman and Robin and the fo- kids in foster care, and but I wasn't necessarily using the comicspedia approach. It was at least of like summarizing and tagging. I was just kind of bringing comics and let's read them and, and talk about them. Just to give us something kind of fun to do. Um, but kind of the deliberate focus of now I've got to track this and I've got to find themes. And I want to make it make it work and make it something that's that's somewhat tangible at least, to have this kind of database and to say this is, here are the themes, here are the things I can search for and to catalog it all. Um, that began with Hawkman and Steel, but it was irredeemable that was the first kind of comic that was like, this is huge. This is going to be something, because this is something that so many people can relate to that I know people are going to connect with and be blown away by it. it. It sucked me into the story, and I couldn't wait to see others get sucked into it too, of, you know, of how exciting it can be, but also how much we can relate to all these various moments. Times past where Tony felt wronged when he was younger. I've been there, and everyone's been there. Um, you, we can see that in just a couple of pages, or even a few panels. He's how, in foster
0: care, I mean, Yeah. He goes through all these situations.
1: Right, he's in foster care. He feels, there's a horribly tragic, uh, really, really sad moment in the story where he... Um, Meets up with his family and and um, talks of, talks with his former like foster siblings about how they had a sibling with special needs and his response or his experience was essentially I have all of these powers I have all of these things I can do I can I can move houses I can you know freeze lakes and I can run fast I can fly I can do all of these different things. And here's someone who is completely dependent on your care. Why is it that you've shown him more love over all the year, all of these years than you've ever shown me? And I mean, that's that's such a difficult question to ask and to and to answer. And what progresses in the story of, is again absolutely just horrific and and and, um, and extremely depressing. But. Uh, but yeah, all these stories, all these moments of time that he's gone through in his life, it's nice because in a story perspective, there's so much reflecting going on. It's all relevant, and it moves the story along very well, but there's so much reflecting going on that you really learn a lot about someone's life in a short period of time to where it's like, I've been there, I've been there, or I can imagine being there, or that's going to be really hard. I can empathize with that. I can relate to that. Um, there's so many of those moments all throughout Irredeemable, and like I said, every issue was like, this is just a Comixpedia goldmine. This is exactly why... This is what I want to do and why I want to do it. Um, so, Comicspedia got me into comic books, but Irredeemable kept me. Kept me on comic books and kept me on on the work um, and, and staying focused on, on knowing that this can be something at the earliest stages, which is, which is paramount to getting anything off the ground. So. Are
0: there any comics you would recommend to someone who doesn't know about comics or even into fan
1: necessarily? Yeah, um, I actually just recommended to somebody here at the office, uh, I just passed along the newest um, series of Batman uh, by Scott Snyder and, and Greg Capullo. He, um, uh, this is somebody who's not read comics since he was a kid. He knew I was into comics, and I get that question a lot. You know, People at the office have a lot of uh, you know questions of I used to be in comics, but I'm not anymore, so what's good now? Um, so in this case, I gave him uh, the first four issues of Batman, and it was like before I could get home that night. He texted me and said, "I need the others because I got it through him." You know, so um, so I'm sure he's already done now. But um, yeah, Batman is absolutely amazing. It's it's very dark and very gritty. It's you know not for the faint of heart. I would say it's um, definitely recommended for teens and above. It's not graphic necessarily or gory, but it's I mean it's got some some mature tones. So. Um, that's something I would recommend to, to anyone really, especially someone who loves Batman, age like roughly 14 and up or 15 and up. If they like the um, most
0: recent movies, I think they'll definitely like the
1: new series of Batman. Absolutely. Um, the other one, which actually is gory, sadly, um, but is just absolutely brilliant comic is Invincible. Uh, that is just so wonderful, so awesome. That's a, that's a comic about um, a boy named Mark who who's the son of a Superman-like hero. Um, you know? But but his dad is just kind of like, that's his job, that's what he does. And in the beginning, Mark is looking up to him and saying, "Like, can't wait to get my powers. Then one day he does, and he said, finally. So he has to learn how to train his powers, how to get better at it. It's like a muscle. He has to fly a lot to fly faster and to fly, fly better um, to, to be more agile and change quickly. And so it's really cool that over time you can watch this hero changed so much this, this young person um, you know developed their, their powers and it's such a, a great um, display of what teenagers go through of now I you know you start with a kid you can kind of do anything you bounce off walls you do whatever you can kind of scrape your knee and you're playing around having fun but then it becomes like an adult's body it gets big and it goes through changes and you can do a lot more with it you can reach things you couldn't before. And so what do you do with that? And you have different responsibilities. Now I can drive myself around town. I don't have to ask for rides all the time. You know, Invincible just shows all of that. So it's a really, really wonderful comic. Again, as I mentioned, it's extremely gory. (laughs) But the art art is wonderful. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, That is a great comic, uh, I would say, for anyone um, probably 16 and older. Um, It's... it's, uh, just wonderful, Invincible from Image Comics is is just a, a great, great comic. And I, as an added bonus, um, it's the only comic that my wife will read <laughs> of anything that I read. And uh, there was another girl here at work who was asking me the same thing. What are some comics, uh, you know, that I should read? And I said, Oh, maybe you know, Invincible is probably pretty good. And and she went through the first ten trade paperbacks, which adds up to sixty issues of comic books, which is what is it. Uh, 1200 pages or so. Um, she went through it in a matter of like two or three weeks. She just, just blitzed right through it. And um, uh, so, again, yeah, Invincible's is great for, for guys, girls, um, you know, teenage and up. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. For people who know what The
0: Walking Dead is, mm-hmm. um, the author of The Walking Dead, which is now a TV series but it's also a really famous comic book, he also writes Invincible. Yeah. So, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I love Walking Dead too. That's a that's a great series. Uh, I would I would argue Invincible is better than Walking Dead. That's just my opinion. But um, the themes in there <laughs> are, are so different, though.
0: I mean, yeah, they're both so full of unbelievable themes of uh, mm-hmm. someone has survival, one has growth. I mean, they're right. really really good to use in, in the context that we're talking about here.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robert Kirkman is his strength is easily character development, and I think that's what makes his comics so good, is that you were, you get to know the characters as people. They're fictional, and it's one of those things where it's it's almost unbelievable how fictional they are, because it's, it's like, I want these people to exist, so <laughs> i can I just go find, you know, even if superpowers aren't possible, like, I want to find Rick Grimes, or I want to find Mark Grayson, I want to find these people and just say, like, oh, you're that person, cool, how's it going, whatever, but no, they're just little drawings and just someone's imagination. Um, but yeah, no. Robert Kirkman is awesome at creating characters and, and creating personal stories, um, and so yeah, that's absolutely where he shines in, in both uh, Invincible and Walking Dead. So, we talked about
0: how I mean some recommendations for people who, who don't necessarily know about comics, but don't necessarily like them yet, right. right? I mean, there's so many different types of comics. There's really something out there for oh, yeah. everyone. Yeah, um, and we talked about how Comicspedia is really can be so useful for. In, in our case, right, a, th- a psychologist, a therapist, someone who is working with clients that has all these issues. Mm-hmm. Who else can use Comixpedia? Uh,
1: I've been contacted by educators, you know, teachers, administrators, um, uh, people who want to bring comics into the classroom. Um, I've I helped bring it into um, the residential treatment facility I mentioned earlier. Uh, where they have kids from really troubled backgrounds and they want them to have something, you know, they want to encourage kids to read. And they're having a hard time getting them hooked on classic literature, which is what the school requires essentially for, you know, because they're still going to school while they're in this program. Um, So I said, well, here are some really great comics. You know, bring that in instead and, and, you know, make it more of an optional read, but you can still talk to them about it. Maybe have some, you know, like pick something, and give us a paper on it or whatever, but you can still have your choice of X Men or Batman or Superman or what have you. Um, so comics can be huge to bring, to enhance literacy and to increase that energy around the love for reading. Um, yeah, so so teachers can use it um, absolutely. The the thing about Comicspedia as a website again is I try to make it easy to use. It's I try to make it robust um, and rich with information, but at the same time easy to navigate easy to find what you need, and with, um, with 275 individual issues of comic books, and always growing, you're going to find something in there that's relevant. Um, teachers can address issues of being different or abusing power, collaborating with others, making difficult decisions. You can bring these themes into the classroom and, and, and um, engage students in conversations. Um, about these topics, so I think comics is absolutely um, accessible and and, uh, and helpful for um, teachers as well as therapists. Um, parents might be able to find some use in it uh, if they want to open the conversation, those conversations with their kids as well. Um, they're absolutely welcome to. I mean, it's it's a you know it's a public domain, but um, I would say that the the people who would find it most useful in their professions would be therapists and teachers. So
0: undoubtedly somebody is gonna ask, where is the research to back this up? How do you know that this works? What do you tell people who ask that question?
1: Well, Comicspedia is based, and using comics in therapy is based on um, a well-researched creative arts therapy approach. We see this in in drama therapy, um, traditional art therapy, dance therapy, music therapy. Um, The step-by-step method that I list out follows those guidelines of how you gradually integrate um, creative expression into therapy in order to explore um, your own issues and, and your own personality, your own psyche, and all of that. Um, there currently isn't any research on using comics as a tool in therapy. However, I'm, I'm currently working on changing that and um, be, uh, I'm in the earliest stages of developing some research on the effectiveness and to, and to answer that question, to be able to explore it. Additionally, I conducted uh, an informal study um, at uh, Southeast Psych, which is one of the largest group private practices in the country. We've got about 30 uh, professionals, thir- 30 experts in psychology, uh, mostly most of which are at the doctoral level uh, who see clients at a, at a wide range of backgrounds. And um, I asked about th- uh, 15 kids uh, for, uh, to, to answer some questions about Superman and Spider-Man. I gave them a picture of Superman and Spider-Man with just a, a, a few questions, uh, some blanks for them to fill in, including, who is this? Here's a picture, so, so tell me, can you tell me, just by looking at them, who are they? Um, use three words to describe this person. Write down one fact you know about this person. And then lastly, did you or do you read comics? real simple little questionnaire, one for Batman, or I'm sorry, one for Superman, one for Spider-Man. And the uh, the kids, despite having backgrounds of largely not reading comic books, came up with some really interesting results. First, 100% of them, every single one of these 15 kids could name Superman and Spider-Man just by looking at them. That's pretty huge for recognition. 15 yeah. random kids... Here's a picture of each one, and to say, I know that's Superman and that's Spider-Man, that's big. Um, With Superman, we saw, um, uh, we had eight matching descriptors and eight unmatched descriptors. What this means is, uh, when it came to the question of use three words to describe this person, we had eight different words that that there was some agreement with. Uh, For example, strong was the most common. That 13 out of 15 kids uh, said that he was strong. Um, five had said he was heroic, three said brave, and there were, there were some others, too. Um, eight were unmatched, so there were, those were some one-off ones, um, like tall, maybe, you know, like they didn't match up. Nobody else said that it was tall except for that one kid. Um, but there were you know eight of those, so that was kind of even. Um, also with Superman, we had a broad selection of, like, write down one fact. This was kind of the story piece, so he write down three descriptors. Uh, which would be three words, essentially, versus what's a fact. Now, this is kind of the story. What do you understand about Superman? And when I took all of the the facts together and I put put them into one paragraph, and this is everything, all-inclusive, that they said. um, This is the story I got of Superman from 15 kids. Superman was born on the planet Krypton. He becomes weak when exposed to kryptonite, and he is also known as Clark Kent. He can fly, has X-ray vision, and can shoot lasers with his eyes. Superman has fought robots and broken bricks with his bare hands. He is a very good fighter. It's a pretty good story of Superman, you know. Get fifteen kids. Now, with Spider-Man, we had six matching descriptors, but sixteen unmatched. So, meaning there was a lot of disagreement about who Spider-Man is. They kind of there's a lot of kind of like, I don't know really what he does or or who he is or, or you know, here are some things that maybe other people aren't aware of. Uh, the most frequent were strong. Four kids said that. Uh, he climbs. Four people said that. Three kids said that he was brave, and and so on. Um, so when it comes to uh, unmatched, again, there there was like just a huge amount of variance. That when it comes to understanding who Spider Man is, what his powers are, and all that, in um, one more descriptors, kids were kind of all over the place with that. Um, Interesting. and uh, and then lastly the facts. When it came to writing it down, that that was really condensed. There was there was not much written about it. Aside from Spider-Man can shoot webs and climb buildings, he was bitten by a radioactive spider to gain his abilities, and now he is a good fighter. Much shorter than the Superman description. It's accurate, but when it comes you know, between characters, like not only do, do the kids all know who these characters are, but they know their backgrounds, they know their stories, they know their powers, they know so much about who these heroes are, these 15 kids, again, random selection, Uh, through through people at the office and I think it's really telling of how much superheroes are on our minds and how much we know about them. For therapists or educators who are uncertain whether their students or or clients will connect with superheroes I would encourage them that based on my experience as well as the outcome of that unofficial study that I would encourage them to absolutely do it because people people we know superheroes people know and love them and know so much more about them and they're a lot more accessible i think than than some people may think or realize
0: i think anybody who yeah. works with kids um knows and has had the experience and mm-hmm. you know superheroes come up absolutely yeah right exactly i've you know i had i used to work at a at a at a mental health clinic and all the kids used to talk about superheroes mm-hmm. and some of the social workers who were there really didn't know what they were talking about there was a lot of Dragon Ball Z talk and a lot of uh, Batman talk mm-hmm. and I would get really specific into things with them like which episode did you see oh what was this what was that and and they would oh they would open up so much because you're talking about something that they really really like right right and then you also have I remember I had a supervisor who one day she asked me well what is you know, I have this one client who's talking about the Hulk, mm-hmm. right? Like, he, he feels like the Hulk. I mean, to me, as, a, as, a, as someone who knows the character, I'm assuming that he's angry, you know, or he feels like he's losing control or people are after him or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's really great to explore, and, yeah. and that's the language that they're using. So, you know, what you're saying is absolutely true. I mean, these kids, this is something that they know, and it's so easy to, to talk to them Using that language. Yeah,
1: exactly. Some of the best advice I got in grad school from um, uh, from a professor was that if you're going to be working with kids of any age, you know, roughly teenage and younger, um, you've got to be able to speak their language. Okay. And his recommendation was to watch cartoons yeah. and to watch kids' movies and to to figure, you know, to know who these characters are. Because if you have a child come in for, you know, for therapy or counseling or what have you, and says, you, know, you ask, like, what do you like? Well, I like um, Ben 10, The Avengers, and SpongeBob. And some of those you might be like, okay, well, I have kind of a general idea of, like, that's, you know, superheroes, those are cartoons, and that's kind of like this or that. But, I mean, if you can't name them, or if you can't even, if you're always, I mean, there's something to be said about exploring it with somebody and having, having them explain it to you and how exciting that could be of, like, I want to share one of my loves with you. But there's a, you also have to watch out for that, that limiting factor of somebody who comes in and says, like, you have no idea who I am. Like, you, as I'm supposed to talk to an adult, and you don't even know anything about any of these. I'm always having to explain myself. Um, so getting into the kid culture and being able to, to speak their language and reading comics and um, learning about who superheroes are will absolutely go a long way as superheroes continue to be so popular in movies and TV shows and all that. And not only I don't,
0: you don't know what I like, but do you care? You know, I think that's right. something with parents that I saw a lot. Parents didn't seem to care. You know, the kid's talking to them about Superman or Spider-Man. Well, you know, talk to me about something else. Or I'm, I'm busy. I'm over right, here. Right. And then you just listen to them and tell them, You know, yeah, tell me, what happened? Mm-hmm. What did Superman do? Yeah. What did the Avengers do this week? Yeah, right. You know, and they, they'll be so excited. And it makes such a difference. I think I think that's a, that's a message you can definitely get out to parents.
1: Right. A- absolutely. Yeah.
0: Beyond just uh, professionals, parents, listen to your kids about these things, even if you don't like them. There's something called wikipedia it is fantastic (laughs) look up a superhero or tv series and you can actually i mean i think that's a great a great tool you just Mm -hmm. get an idea of what these characters are up to right and you can kind of get a a short history yeah and that'll go a long 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 way yeah definitely Mm -hmm. so patrick if anybody wants to get a hold of you um so there's
1: twitter right Mm -hmm. at
0: comicspedia yep um how else can they
1: get a hold of you uh you can also uh check out the facebook page um facebook.com slash comicspedia um, and uh, you can send me an email it's a pretty long email address but it's listed on comicspedia.net um, it's patrick.andrew.oconnor at gmail.com uh, O'Connor's O-C-O-N-N-O-R and um, but again that my email, all of that is right on the front page, as soon as you open up comicspedia.net you're going to see all the ways to contact me I absolutely encourage um, current therapists educators, graduate students, um, anybody who's at all curious or interested in using comics and therapy, please, please, please do reach out to me. Um, I love talking comics and psychology with people. And, um, or even if you just want to just talk about comics, talk about you know the new Batman series or whatever, just kind of chat about it with a psychologist or something. Or I, you know, I don't know. It's, please reach out to me. I, I love, love, love uh, talking to people about it. Absolutely. and all
0: that information comicspedia.net all Patrick's information will be on geektherapypodcast.com um, follow us on twitter at, at geektherapy and Patrick maybe we can come on some other time where we can talk more comics I would love to yeah we can talk maybe some specifics or something absolutely too. cool thank you
1: awesome.